We welcome you to the now all postseason edition of the Hangtime Indiana podcast from State Champs Indiana. My name is Greg Rakestraw, the vice president of the ISC Sports Network. Joined by Drake Wally, I'm sure he's the vice president of something. He handles most of the high school coverage for our friends at Shine 99 in Frankfurt. We have the boys sectional coming up this week. But first, a look back in the uh, really recent rearview mirror. The four girls basketball state championship games took place at Bankers Life Fieldhouse on Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening. Hello, Drake. Hello, Greg. It's uh, always great to be here. And uh, before we jump into talking about the girls and the boys sectionals that are coming up, uh, I'd like to remind our 20,000 plus viewers, by the way, thank you so much for all the support you guys have given us. We would like to remind you that this happens every Wednesday, hang time, Indiana, everything high school basketball right here in the Hoosier State. And then on top of that, we also have all of our social media on Twitter. We're at State Champs Indy and on YouTube and Facebook, State Champs Indiana. Now, Greg, let's jump right into the big game for the girls 1a through 4a we had some repeat champs we also had some brand new champs 1a through 4a right now go ahead well i'll tell you what i'll I'll take you behind the curtain a little bit okay every monday before a state championship in basketball as well as in football folks like me and you're welcome to tag along too, get to go to media day uh, at the site of the state championship and uh, that follows the state championship meeting where all the schools, administrators, ADs, coaches, et cetera, meet to know everything they need to know about an upcoming state championship. And not surprisingly, I think the girls' basketball state championship meeting was the shortest one they've ever had because you had four repeat teams from the previous year and one that had been there two years before. They literally had been there and done that. And we say the exact same thing about the champions in both 1A and 3A. Let's start with 1A. This is not a rerun. You will hear some of the same champs we talked about a season ago. Marquette Catholic beat Vincennes Reve by 21 in the 1A championship game. The winner, not a surprise, I think the margin was. It was a closer game with largely the same two teams. I know they were a name, but literally same players on both sides of the equation were a year ago the Nolan twins were simply more dominant this time around than they were last year and uh, usually you refer to them as a tandem but Mm -hmm. let's select one of them and that would be Sophia 26 points 15 rebounds and four of four from three-point range there's a reason why both those two are going to play in the Big East next year Mm -hmm. at St. John's and so Marquette Catholic winning not a surprise margin of victory somewhat of a surprise well and one of the things uh that that kind of blew my mind is they set a 1a state championship record by hitting seven threes and then the nolan sisters even though sophia had the better game they still accounted for 43 of the team's 57 points impressive dynamic duos they're not limited to the 1a game (laughs) uh in 2a it was a one-two punch for Oak Hill, but maybe not the duo that was expected. Kayla Roby had 20 points. Britton McCorkle had 18. McCorkle averages five points per game. <laughs> and, and because we spent so much time, we had that repeat factor for both teams in 1A. We thought we might see that in 2A. Oak Hill had other ideas in the way they dispatched Central Noble a week earlier in the semi-state. We tended to forget that Oak Hill had a lot of players back from two years earlier when they were the runners-up in 2A to Eastern of Pekin. And so, again, Oak Hill wasn't in the game a year ago, as opposed to Winchester, 
but a lot of their players had played in a state championship game. Mm-hmm. But what was different about them saying compared to other efforts on Saturday, it was the supporting cast that really delivered for Oak Hill to deliver them a 2A state championship. Well, and that supporting cast came into play when they were actually down right, most nine the they points were down, in yeah. the third quarter. They stormed back. Kayla Roby got 11 of those 20 points she scored in the game in the fourth quarter. Boy, they really took that out from under Winchester. Absolutely. And so you look at the game. You know, it's an 11-point game. Okay, it was, it was a competitive game, but maybe they won with some comfort. No, no, no. They were trailing for most of that contest. And that was a very, very competitive game. Now, in 3A... It is a rerun from last year uh, because it almost played out in similar fashion. I think Northwestern won last year 63-42 to against Greensburg. Final score was 61-39 against Benton Central. The 39 points the Bison scored, the most that anyone scored on Northwestern during the course of the postseason. In the last two years, the closest game that Northwestern played in the postseason was 18 points. The only difference for Northwestern is that, frankly, their top two players – the Purdue-bound Madison Layden, the Michigan State-bound Kendall Bostic had better games this year than they had a year ago. It was a player, unfortunately, was hurt early this year that had the best game last year for Northwestern and Stephanie Burns. She had 17. She sadly tore her ACL in the third game of the season. It's Carmel. She'll be able to play in college basketball, but that was the end of her senior campaign at Northwestern. Bostic was phenomenal. 25 points, 15 rebounds, 7 steals, 6 block shots, Shots, the rebounds and steals tied state finals records in Class 3A. She moved into the top 10 in the history of Howard County girls basketball in points. Madison Layden is now tied for second in the history of Hamilton County girls basketball with career points based on what she did in the championship game. Benton Central, it was a great run for them. They are a perennial powerhouse, and I'm sure they, like everybody else in 3A, are rejoicing the fact that Northwestern now will play in 4A each of the next two years. Well, and you know, we talk about Kendall Bostic and, and Madison Layden's ability to score. Well, there's there's actually an interesting fact. Madison Layden had 19 points in that game. 10 of the 19 points came from the foul line. We're able to get to the line pretty fast. But that's her game uh, because she is so good at stealing the ball. I mean, <laughs> she, she makes passing lanes go away, <laughs> and, and which is why she averages, I want to say in the neighborhood of, uh, it was either seven assists and five steals or seven steals and five assists. Both those are, are ridiculous numbers, especially from the steal standpoint. But her game, she's got a very good jump shot, but her game is so often getting to the basket and getting fouled. So what does she do with those free throws? She's a 91% free throw shooter. (laughs) Literally every aspect of the game she's phenomenal at, which is, again, why she is one of many candidates for Miss Basketball next year. And the next one to talk about is Sydney Parrish, who scored 30 for Hamilton Southeastern in their first-ever girls' basketball state championship victory, 55-44 against Lawrence North. And much like the 2A game, it was an 11-point game, but it wasn't an 11-point game. There were three different times that HSC had double-digit leads in that game. At 18-8, then again at 47-37 early in the fourth quarter, and then in the final couple of moments, this was really a one, two, three possession game for the majority of the contest. But Sydney had 30 of her team's 55 points. When it got to winning time, she was absolutely <laughs> at her best. And the race for Miss Basketball next year between Layden, Bostic, and Parrish, and I'm saying those in no particular order, yep. in most years, any one of those three would be Miss Basketball. 
Maybe they'll have co-miss basketball. They'll have tri-miss basketballs. Don't know because they're all three phenomenal players. Well, we saw an absolutely incredible state championship finals week in girls. And as Greg alluded to, we had some games that went back and forth. The score doesn't justify how close some of these games were. Now, we talked about girls. Now we got to talk right about the boys. We got to jump right into the... But before you do that... You know, we, we, we do this because we have a passion for high school sports. Mm-hmm. We also like getting paid for this. We got a sponsor. We're back <laughs> after this from our friends at Lawrence Tech. I've always been really good at math and science, and I knew I wanted to work in healthcare, but not as a doctor. So I chose Lawrence Tech's biomedical engineering program. I've pushed myself to take internships like this one at a hospital in an orthopedic research lab. Thanks to Lawrence Tech's unique hands-on style of education, I'm graduating with a published research paper and a job. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Now that we've covered the state champions, the state champions for the girls, we're going to jump right into the boys. Greg, now that the season is over for the girls, it's time to focus solely on the young men. Everyone is excited for sectionals, yes, but there were some very worthy final season games to wrap up everything before we go into playoff time. Tell us about a few of those. Okay, a couple of those quickly that caught my attention from last week. First of all, Lawrence North and HSE played for the girls' state championship. Their boys played on Thursday night, and Lawrence North got off to a fantastic start. Led that game twenty-four to eight ended up winning by 15 points their reward one of the best 10 teams in the state in cathedral a game we'll talk about coming up in just a matter of moments Mm -hmm. go down to the southern part of the state in class 2a congratulations to paoli who won against crawford county to secure the potoka lakes athletic conference championship on friday night literally the last uh, game of the regular season those two are likely to meet each other at some point in sectional 47 in class 2a and a quick nod to the wabash apaches this week they will try to win their first boys basketball sectional in 52 years it had been even longer since they had won a conference championship 1946 <laughs> Wabash has had a fantastic year I know our cameras were there to see them uh, beat a very good Blackford team with Luke Brown a couple of weeks ago congratulations to Wabash conference champs for the first time in 72 years so what we'll do is we're going to start off by jumping right into 1A now there's a couple teams that we want to talk about the two perennial powerhouses of 1A and a couple games we want to we also want to discuss but first let's talk about Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian sure absolutely and kind of how we'll view this going 1A through 4A there's some key games in both 3 and 4A on the opening night Mm -hmm. that we'll focus on in 1A and 2A we're kind of waiting on this team to win to beat this team to ensure that team A plays team B it's like I'm going algebra on you so not to confuse you too much (laughs) we'll kind of take sectional by sectional looks in 1A and 2A we'll focus on key matchups in 3A and 4A as far as 1A is concerned there are two teams that deserve a mention I'm not sure they're going to be challenged the first week or maybe even the second week of the tournament but teams I expect to see at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. So on the northern half of the bracket, it is Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian, led by Caleb First, 
Uh, Joey Davidson in that group as well, 6'10 and 6'7. They're 1A in enrollment. They're 4A in size. They're 4A in talent. They were a semi-state team a year ago. Bar-Reba is in a similar ilk. They've got some uncommon size for them, but they're very talented. And again, these two teams played each other back in December with Blackhawk getting the win down in southwestern Indiana. Again, I expect those teams to make it to the regional and semi-state round before maybe getting seriously threatened for the first time. Two sectionals and 1A to focus on, really. Sectional 49, where mm-hmm. Gary, 21st century, has won that sectional three years running. But good teams in their sectional. Counts and the two township is is however you pluralize townships I guess <laughs> Morgan Township and Washington Township both really good small school programs and sectional 60 in Southern Indiana featuring a pair of ranked teams in Oldenburg Academy and Morristown Morristown last year's 1A champions Logan Laster their key player back from that team Jake Johnson powering Oldenburg Academy the Twisters of OA won when they played back in December by 17 if they meet again expected to be closer this time around well and then one one game that i did want to touch on in 1a is it's kind of an interesting one it's actually lafayette central catholic david barrett versus southwood john burris well again southwood ended lafayette central catholic's consecutive sectional championship streak say that five times fast <laughs> 16 in a row cc had won until last year but we kind of saw that coming central catholic was very good southwood was just a, a bit better and would make it all the way to Bankers Life Fieldhouse. That team has largely graduated and moved on. Southwood got a very impressive win, beating at a time an undefeated Northwestern team in 3A a couple of weeks ago. But Central Catholic, the heavy favorite to win that game and then move on to the regional round if not the semi-state. Well, that's 1A basketball, and so moving right on into 2A, there's a couple teams that I've noticed personally, Sure. and one of them is Central Noble. The other one is Westview, but there are a lot of other teams to talk about rather than just those two. It's a wide-open sectional. Well, I was going to say, those two being in the same sectional and two other very good teams in that sectional with them. Prairie Heights has had a good year, mm-hmm. and LaVille has been ranked for the majority of the year as well. Westview did lose for a fifth time on the season last week to Concord, but all five of their losses are to schools from 4A competition. And now that the postseason has started, they're not playing anybody else from 4A the rest of the year, just focusing on two-way. So Westview and LaVille met in the sectional semifinals last year when they had a combined one loss on the season. Westview won that contest. Uh, I still think Westview is the favorite in that sectional. Uh, They start a front line of 6'4", 6'4", and 6'5". Their starting five is outstanding. It will not be an easy path as they open with Central Noble, but I still think Westview is the favorite there. So moving right on into 3A, there was actually a matchup you were very intrigued by, and that was Heritage Hills versus Evansville Bossy. Well, Nate Hawkins and Heritage Hills have had a phenomenal year. They have been beaten just one time. Mm-hmm. They and Bossy do not meet during the course of the regular season. Now, Shane Burkhart's team at Bossy, they have made it to Bankers Life Fieldhouse twice in the last three years, finishing as the runner-up to Marion, which ironically is Coach Burkhart's hometown, and then last year uh, finishing as the runner-up to Culver Academy, who was the favorite in 3A this time around. Uh, Bossy graduated a lot of their key pieces off of last year's team, namely Mikai Larry, who was an Indiana All-Star mm-hmm. that now plays at Miami of Ohio. Kieran Powell is their big piece, literally back from a season ago at six foot ten, has numerous Division One offers. I think Heritage Hills is the better team. But can they get over the stumbling block that has been the bossy Bulldogs? They're going to find out on night number one. Well, and Heritage Hills also has Murray Becker averaging 20 points a game and near five rebounds, near four assists. And then on the other side, 
Five different players for Evansville Bossy are averaging over 10 points a game. Funchess, Lane, McNeil, Sanford, and as you said, Powell. And again, a lot of those kids that you mentioned are kids really that are first-year varsity players. It shows you the culture that winning breeds and getting those extra practices in the month of March as they have for the last three years doesn't hurt either. So that's 3A basketball. Now we have to finish with the big dogs. 4A basketball. There are two matchups that really caught myself and Greg's eye. First off, we have Al Rhodes leading his Penn squad to face Jared Drake and South Bend Riley. Well, the ping pong balls gave us stuff to talk about on Tuesday night mm-hmm. uh, in the 4A sectionals. Penn and South Bend Riley played back on February the 2nd. Penn won that game by two. Again, Riley, much to talk about with Bossy making a deep run last year, but graduating most of your key pieces. The star power isn't there as much with this Riley team, and they have changed head coaches mm-hmm. from a season ago. Their former head coach and Eric Brand now is at Southport. Jared Drake, who played at Riley and whose father was a college basketball coach at Central Michigan for many wow. years as the head coach has come in in his first year and done a fantastic job with Riley. They gave Cathedral a great game when I saw him back on February the 9th. Expect this one to be really good and obviously whoever wins that game in sectional three will be the favorite to go on and win that sectional. But then the other game to talk about in 4A on night number one, and we touched on it briefly earlier, mm-hmm. Lawrence North and Cathedral. They played twice last year. Lawrence North won both games by single digits. They did not play in the regular season this year. This is the nature of sectional 10. There's going to be one good team that goes home the (laughs) opening night. I've never recited a stat like this before. Lawrence North has lost six times this year. Mm -hmm. Five of them to teams in the top four. Not the top 10, (laughs) the top four. They have literally played the top four teams in the state Carmel, LC, Warren Central, Floyd Central have gone 0-5 against those teams. Their only other loss was to Connorsville uh, back at the end of January. Uh, Jared Hankins is their top player, only one of two seniors mm-hmm. for Jack Kiefer. He'll play at Indiana State next year. Of course, Armand Franklin is a Mr. Basketball candidate and a surefire all-star for Cathedral. And this week, he was named as the City Player of the Year. These are two really good teams, and one of them is done as of Tuesday night. You get to hear my take on things like Rakestraw's radar at the end of every show. Uh, Wally's agent got mad that he didn't have his own feature so with that wally's work not wally's world oh wally's wonders <laughs> uh, tv shows are only so long and and we're not confined by any time limit or, or, or really any sort of overhead so what we get to do is we get to talk sports all the time and you can find all of that by checking back and visiting our social media youtube and facebook is state champs indiana and then don't forget about twitter because twitter is important at State Champs Indy. So let's jump right into one of the uh, girls basketball players that really caught my eye. And we did talk about her, but we didn't really talk about necessarily what she did in that state championship game. We have, we're talking about Oak Hill and we're talking about Winchester Community. And we can't possibly talk about that game without mentioning Kayla Roby. 11 points in the, in the fourth quarter. And she plays softball too. She is not just a one-dimensional athlete. Absolutely took her team to the next level being down most of that game she provided that spark 11 of 20 points came in one quarter of girls basketball and that was 
in my opinion, the spark that they needed to win that state championship game. Now, those are the players that are under my radar, the players I find very wonderful, and as do you. But before we can find out what's on Greg Rakestraw's radar and going on in his mind, we do want to share some wonderful news with you. If you happen to miss any of the state championship girls games, don't even worry about it because we will be bringing you the online digital exclusive coverage of all of those games. All you got to do to find them is visit our social media, and that is at State Champs Indiana. And we couldn't bring you anything thing without our wonderful sponsors at Lawrence Technological University. You can visit their website at ltu.edu. Lawrence Technological University, where Blue Devils dare. I admit it. I love working with money, negotiating, and making big decisions. That's why I'm majoring in finance and economics at Lawrence Tech. What's truly amazing about the education here is the small class sizes that give me easy access to my professors who truly care about my future. They even helped me get a great internship. And I was able to fulfill my lifelong dream of playing college golf. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Now we've hit the perennial part of the show where everyone wants to know what is on Rakestraw's radar. Well, I've already given you a kind of my highlighted games in 4A, mm-hmm. and I will be camped out at Lawrence North all week long. So I'll look forward to whomever survives Lawrence North Cathedral. Your reward is, hey, there's Warren Central, the defending state champ, waiting on you <laughs> in the very next game. And whoever wins that, you're probably going to see Lawrence Central, rated number two in the state, immediately waiting for you in the championship game. So Rakestar's radar is pointed at the northeast side of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. If you go just a little further north and, I guess, a little less east, you'd also get to Carmel. And Carmel, I think, is clearly the favorite in their sectional. They've got very good teams in that sectional with them. But the one team that I'm curious about, because Carmel hasn't played them this year, is Fishers and Matt Moore's done a very good job with the Tigers. They finished as the runners up in the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. Have only been playing in sectionals for 13 years. Yep. They have never won a boys basketball sectional in their modern configuration in the old Fishers High School. Going back to 1922. <laughs> Do they have something for Carmel coming up in a sectional semifinal on Saturday? We've got a lot of awesome stuff coming next week. We're going to be talking strictly boys basketball as the girls have concluded their basketball season. It's going to be one heck of a tournament. As always, thanks for joining us. For Todd Young behind the scenes and Drake Wally, this is Greg Rakestraw. We'll talk to you about regionals next week here on Hangtime Indiana.